It is Saturday, the 5th of September 2020, and this is episode 382 of Digital Outbox. Welcome to another episode. I am Chris, and we have Ian half in his chair i'd say you're about half there uh, i would uh two thirds two thirds very good two thirds saturday morning and the last time we did a saturday morning recording it was very bright and bubbly boom i just blame like i'm in a crop of migraines at the moment it's one of those things old age nasty <laughs> yeah nasty things um nasty things let's talk about nasty things apple <laughs> decided they were gonna basic well <sighs> There was an issue with WordPress in that WordPress, I think, had at some point in the past put some uh, sort of notifications to users that they had a, a premium uh, you know, subscription or paid for subscription option to go and get a WordPress.com account. Um, but that Apple have kind of got themselves confused and decided they were going to uh, make uh, WordPress uh, put the 30% cut into there uh, but it actually turns out that that item had been removed and we had what turned out to be a an apology from apple in a rare public apology saying yep sorry about that we kind of made a mistake and uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna make them charge or get pay us money uh, yeah so this, this so we've seen we've seen hey we've seen epic we've seen a number of other small developers we've seen another some, some big developers as well um, and, and WordPress, you know, it's huge. You know, there's always a stat around it drives. Is it is it ten or twenty percent of the the web? You know, and the amount of sites. Yeah, it's still know. massive, yeah. Um, and this was all around. Um, they had a, so it wasn't so much a notification, but in the app there was like a like a fact that it pointed to, and it said if you want a premium account, if you want to go to like a WordPress.com premium account, here's all the benefits you get. You can sign up here, which Apple doesn't like. Um. And 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 where they were taking um, WordPress um, uh, as a company, the route they were going down was: you need to offer that as in-app purchase, so we can get a thirty percent, yep. or fifteen percent if you've been on for a year, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and so so WordPress owner was was you know disappointed, but wanted to put the app out, was making the changes, and then loads of people were like, "Come on, this is." You know, this this is yet again Apple almost almost saying if you're on our platform, no matter what you do, we're going to take your money. Yeah. Um, and quite rightly, so some people have turned this into you know what happens if Google said if you've got a website and you're using Chrome and you make a purchase, I'm taking thirty percent. Mm-hmm. What happens if Firefox said if you're using my browser, whatever transactions you do, I'm taking thirty percent. And and they're equating that now to this is this is the route Apple's going down. No matter what the transaction, if you're on iOS, we want that money. Mm. Um, and as you say, rare apology because they came back later. And and, and what they're blaming it is an, an overzealous, you know, App Store employee. <laughs> uh, not 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 quite convinced about that because WordPress is a massive player, and it feels like. It feels like this has gone fairly up the tree. That didn't just land on Freddie's desk on a Friday morning, did no, it? <laughs> just, no, no. <laughs> it definitely had a bit more attention than that. Um, yeah. So, so good, good that you know this came out and they've done the apology, and also they've said 
you know, that they're looking at, they're taking the wording out of the app, you know, so if they take the wording out of the app, everybody's good to go. And um, I think it already had gone by the time this all surfaced anyway, as in, I think all the corrections have been made, but e- either way, it's, yeah, so you can't even say that you can selling uh, premium things. I, I fully, I mean, I understand Apple's direction, which is, you know, we've created this platform, we've created this bubble, which people live in, they feel safe and whatever, therefore anything that happens in it, we want that supported. Someone's got to pay for it. It's a bit like, we're so used to having things for free, aren't we, that... they're they're kind of saying someone's going to pay for it but it's ironic from the company that is just say that this trillion dollar rated company taking you know 30 percent on everything you know regardless it does seem you know seems a bit overzealous so so, so we're gonna and and i'll maybe i'll maybe hold i'll hold my thought until we do the kind of next block of stories because it's all it's all kind of related because this then flowed on to you know epics had their big public battle with with apple um and they, they went to court and and the court, I actually felt, made a fairly sensible ruling in that they said because because in the case of Fortnite, this is an Epic's own doing, um, Apple are within the rights to, to do what they want to do around Fortnite, but because they're also looking to um, block um, the Unreal Engine, which is used by you know hundreds of other you know developers and apps, that she said that was not within apple's rights um they she said that they didn't want to sort of cause uh, harm to third parties in this dispute um and and it was it you're right it sounded like an absolutely sensible decision actually you don't always expect that the court's going to make that sensible decision but it did sound in this case like they they understood exactly what was going on so this the full hearing is is, so so that's the kind of you know i guess it's the kind of immediate intermediate decision that's 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 now in place Apple followed through on what they said they would do, so they terminated Epic's Games App Store account um, on the, I think it was the 28th of August. Um, There's been lots of, you know, publicity both sides on that, and the actual main court trial is now the 20th of September, so we're about, what, four weeks away um, from from this all blowing up again. Um, The the thing that's been interesting for me is is the, and and this is, again, I think a lot of it hasn't, you know, it's, it's not out in like newspapers and in public news, but a lot of the, you know, the kind of Apple, you know, iOS podcasts that are listed have been making this analogy recently that that iOS is really a console and Apple is well on its rights because the iOS platform is, you know, if you've got an iPhone, that is really a console. And I'm like, no, it's not. For years, Apple, particularly more on the iPad, but for years, Apple have been saying your iPhone and your iPad is your computer. And they used to used to they used to pull out stats that that compared, you know, if I if we look at all the you know the laptops sold, we'll throw iPads in there as well because we class that as a computer and look how big we are in the market. But now when it sits them, and it's not to be fair, it's not Apple, but a lot of the pundits are now saying, well, that's actually a console. Well, they're they're trying to make the analogy which supports that case. But it's and, rubbish. And- it, I mean, it may, yeah. I mean, but but like I say, it is that whole bubble ecosystem that they've created. But even consoles have, um, you know, things like codes that you can go and buy, uh, and they are often cheaper than if you go through the main, you know, the Microsoft Store. Or there's a shop you can go and buy a disc in, which is outside of the Microsoft transaction. Well, I'm talking about in the Xbox, obviously, in, in that term. So there's always ways of buying things or sharing content between each other. You know, you can share your disc or whatever. Uh, and and that's not all locked in. There's other ways in. And I think that's the issue here. If 
really the way that this for a competitive point of view needs to happen is if if you are able to install and go through a different transaction and as a user you can make that choice then the value of the app store purchase and the safety and the uh, reassurance that gives you becomes a real thing that you're paying for and therefore you can accept as a developer that the user wanted to use the app store but the only way that can work is if there are alternatives which people can make the choice of whether it is a monetary thing do they want it just dead cheap or do they want that secure you know the extra effort at the moment the users have no choice and developers do not have the option to make that choice available and i think that's really at the crux of all these things because even on an android phone you are locked into effectively the play store in many ways however you can choose to use your android system on a on a third party payment platform like samsung do on theirs and a lot of people find use in that uh, yeah I, I mean i don't actually the, and, and it's, it's it's one of those difficult arguments i can see where both sides are coming from i think both sides have some validity in their arguments but but ultimately for me it comes back to apple are taking 30 percent they want 30 percent on absolutely every transaction um, and even the kind of blocking of like cloud services and, you know, so the blocking of like cloud gaming because they can't review every game. It's it's just a nonsensical argument. And to me, they've boxed themselves in. They've really boxed themselves in. And and they're not, I mean, I, when I love Apple products and I'm looking forward to a new iPhone in the next couple of months, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't push me elsewhere. But at the same time, I, I just think the attitude right now is pretty disgusting. They're the richest company in the world. And... They're looking yeah. to make absolutely every cent off of every developer. We've been going through. We've been, we've had these cycles with Apple on many on many topics. Um, you know, you know their um, the vetting and their screening and their kind of effectively, you know, giving their say or yes or no whether something is acceptable to go in the App Store. We've been through these cycles. They fade away eventually. They do come to a head, and it's gen. You know, I imagine this will eventually get resolved into a sort of more easygoing ongoing relationship but at the moment they are doing what they as a company they should do which is protecting shareholders rights i guess that's the one as much as it may seem you know uncomfortable and unpalatable and i think the overall they they never like being in a position where they're seen as these ogres so i think we will see a a resolution but certainly they're digging their heels in at the moment and yet while they still can they are going for that money um we've also seen microsoft come in and support um uh epics filing so other big companies supporting them we've seen others in we mentioned it in the previous podcasts um you know as many people point out you know microsoft also does a very similar thing on their own xbox stores but again that is in parallel to being able to install in other places so that's where the the difference lies but anyway let's um we will see how this all comes i guess the other thing i was just going to add in so the way i mean the console market is also a completely different market you know you're buying you're buying a piece of hardware i'm not just talking console i'm talking pc in general you've got a pc store but you can install from if i just go back to that just go back to that kind of console analogy you know we're buying a console and it'll sit under your telly you know, it doesn't doesn't go anywhere. It's not your main computing platform. Um, it's a games device, and, and we've seen. And I know Microsoft in the past tried to turn it into an entertainment device, and there's an I, you know, there's an Internet Explorer or an Edge sitting on on your console. It's junk. People are buying a console to play games. They'll also watch some streaming video, and that's about it. Um, it's and 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 the deals that are done between you know Microsoft and Sony and all the other game developers it's totally you know it's clearly they're comfortable with the 30% that they're getting you know charged on those platforms but it's a different model 
So I just, it's as I said, it, it, in some ways it's, it needs to come to a head. I just think Apple are, are, it feels like they've still got some, you know, that this is where we were 10 years ago. This is that yeah. we're not changing our policies. We are the big behemoth. We can do what we like. And the public face is still plenty. But we are tiny. Android yeah. is yeah. huge. And it's such a weak argument. And yeah, and you say it needs to be brought to head. It is being brought to a head. We're going to court. We're going to find out whether the court of the land believes that that is a reasonable approach. And But equally, we will see the fact that public opinion sways decisions in you know to corporates because they have to because they you know ultimately they're the, the customers that pay them the, the, that money in the first place. Um, we've seen some other things coming out of these sort of low, latest wranglings. So we, we talked about Hey a while back and Hey the email with Basecamp and uh, you know they they got similar kind of uh, rulings against them by Apple. Sorry, not not rulings as in judgments. Um, but the one thing that did come out in that was that. Apple prevented Hay from putting updates out to their application during that appeal process and basically held to ransom being able to update your app against complying with rules and regulations. Now, they have now um, said that they're not going to do that anymore. They are going to let updates go out and you can appeal uh, through an appeals process. Again, when you're in that appeals process against decisions that Apple have made, you 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 aren't being held ransom by your updates, so you can still make updates to your existing applications in that period of time. Um, just you know, alongside this, Apple are not always um, error free. They have this well this, this week or since we last spoke, uh, they've accidentally given full rights to a, a bit of malware software through their App Store approval. So again, this whole protective bubble and one of the pieces of work and why they charge the thirty percent, I guess is to support this fact of scanning all the applications that come into the App Store to make sure that they are safe and okay to run. And once they have made those approvals, they allow that software to run without um, without any sort of security uh, intervention. Uh, and unfortunately, they did apply uh, one of their approvals to a, it was a Flash installer, I think, um, called Schleyer Malware, which actually, because Kaspersky, the security firm, they came out and said it was actually a very common or most common threat on Macs. Um, and this this was a this is a piece of malware that intercepts your uh, your internet traffic, regardless of whether it's HTTP, HTTPS, and injects its own adverts and, and stuff into and into your theme without you really knowing it's going on. So that's what. So yeah, it was made accidentally, got released, got approved into the App Store and or into their bubble, their safety bubble, and and has been installed by users. Yeah, feel embarrassing, especially as well. <laughs> Not just embarrassing, ironic, considering that Steve Jobs did his whole, you know, his letter on Flash when it was. T- remember, remember back in iOS days when it wouldn't run Flash, and everybody was like, "Why can't I run this website? Why can't I run this game?" And he did his kind of. Here's why Flash is junk, and it almost was like the kind of final, not maybe the final, but the kind of that was the thing that that got people moving off it. Um, pretty pretty embarrassing because there's. There's so many third third party developers aren't going down this notarization route, you know. So you'll download, you know, you'll download a, you know, an app or a, you know, a package, and it'll say straight away, I, I, you know, I am blocking you. You need to go to your security settings and unblock it. And a lot of people will feel really nervous about that. Um, so yeah, uh, a bit of a shame. Bit of a shame. It, I guess you could argue it's only one out of the last sort of, three four years, you know. So it's, yeah, we don't report on this very often, do we? So. No. We, but again, that's because 30% is quite a big chunk of cash 
<laughs> on sitting in a trillion pound company. Um, Facebook news. Uh, we saw this got released in America. I think it's now expanding sort of internationally. So UK, we're due to have Facebook news as well as, as another other companies in uh, Europe and India, Brazil as well. Um, so this is a new tab in your theme, basically, and, and allows news to be presented um, that is relevant to you as well as sort of international news. We've seen Google News um, on phones and things, uh, and we've seen Apple curating news. So Facebook are also going to be doing that. Um, they've said they're going to be checking sources um, and reducing the impact of you know groups that they they think actually we don't want to serve news which is positively fake or whatever. Um, do you do you trust Facebook as a news algorithm as a purveyor of news? No. So, so, so there's been a big, I guess the, the news thing's interesting because the curation of news, I know Apple, when they launched, you know, their kind of news product, they had, they had people in place rather than like Google, Facebook were trying to do much more algorithmically. Um, but, but you can see, I mean, if you, all you need to do, and it's, and it's well, it's well shared and in, in, in a couple of US journalists share this every day. It's like the top, the top 10 most linked to, and I'll say news you know, articles and nine out of ten every day are pretty much right wing. You know, it's yeah. become a very, you know, it's it's, and I'm and I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that's a reflection because it's clearly not a reflection on where America's thinking right now. But I think it's a reflection of the Facebook audience and also where, you know, where where the I, I guess the the right wing, you know, bloggers, you know, you know, I'm seeing journalists, but probably doing a little bunny, bunny rabbits around it. But it's where they're finding they get the biggest, you know, biggest platforms here. Well, it's uh, as much as anything, you know, viral stuff is often outrageous and shocking, and, it, and that's because it's shared by people who maybe support it, but also shared by people who definitely do not support it. So it's kind of where sharing doesn't really give the context. But nevertheless, what it shows is that they are the items that get pushed around the networks most and put into people's faces so you know more reasoned more argued debate does not get pushed and shared and, no, and discussed I... it is is all that immediate bing bang bong you know it's why it's why we've seen these you know the hate hate figures i would call them you know people like katie hopkins making a name for herself just because she's able to put these things out and and for whatever reason they are the things that everyone shares for right or for wrong I'm 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 just writing that down so I can bleep that name out. Anyway, <laughs> the um, but but no that and I think the the, the thing about something and, and it's it's just it, it what it triggers for me is news always meant to me you know somebody reporting on a factual event happening, but unfortunately news now has become a this this you know mishmash of you know is it is it fake news is it a view. Um, and we've always had newspapers, you know. So it's going back, you know, decades. Newspapers have always had, a, you know, a left or right, you know, leaning, and they would spin. But it's just got to the point now. It's very hard to trust. Am I reading the right thing? Is it factual? And I've and, and I've been caught. You've you've called me out a couple of times, going, you you've retweeted fake news because because you want to believe it, mm. and you and it feels like ah, you know. But but it's. I don't know. I wouldn't trust anything from Facebook news. You know, that's you know back to your original point. I I just don't see especially it as given that, Yeah, especially given that the next story we're going to talk about is they're on there ad advertising for in the US presidential election, and they've come out and heroically said they're not going to be taking <laughs> new political adverts within seven days of the election taking place. 
they're still going to allow existing adverts to run. So even an advert is already on the platform, it'll allow it to run. And they're also allowing the micro targeting of those adverts. So it only appears in very, very select users. So it's, it's not open to general scrutiny. And I think this is this is where this is why the, the, there's a buildup of distrust there, because it, we don't know whether things are going on or they're not. Uh, and actually, because of things like the the, you know, the, the election campaigns we've been running recently and referendum that we've running, we know that they do go on, but they get very little scrutiny. Uh, and, you know, with TV and radio, at least they have that level of scrutiny. And I think the whole direction of this is going back to the argument on the Internet. I don't know, probably five years ago now was is the Internet or are Facebook just delivery platforms or are they uh, you know media platforms in their own right and and what do they where, therefore what regulations are they subject to and this is all just pointing more and more to the fact they they need their regulation because they will not self-regulate facebook is is pretty much by in their in their announcement to say they are not taking any more new adverts within seven days of the election that's a that's a headline but it means nothing it's 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 real fluff and nothing nonsense it's it really doesn't mean anything because effectively they're still going to take the dollar they don't they're not going to fact check they're not going to check all these things they are going to just pimp this out to the highest bidder and shove it around people's news feeds without a real care in the world and seven days before an election yes that's a vital time but all the people are going to do is just make sure the adverts are all lined up in the system before that seven days so you know what's what's the point it's a, it's a sound bite and it's probably it's probably the least damaging step they could take to their finances, you know, and and that thing round they won't not fact check the adverts, you know, they're you know they're on record they're not going to fact check these adverts, and it just means and the micro targeting bit, as you say, it just makes it really difficult. I know the BBC last year's UK election, they were asking people to submit adverts to them so they could try and yes to understand what they're seeing yeah, in their newsfeed, you, you know, because because it's just it's just unpleasable, you know, you cannot. You know, you, and and it and it was it was amazing, um, it was amazing what the BBC were reporting and showing because you, you you know you know between you know a, a statement would be made, and me and you can get radically different takes on it from the same political party yeah. based on this is what we want you you know we we think this is going to trigger you to vote for us, um, and it's um, I, I, the other bit I found interesting was was I think. Is he probably the most? Is he the biggest kind of figure to come out with some of these statements that he made? Because he started talking about, you know, this election is not going to be business as usual. Our nation's so divided. Election results potentially taking days or even weeks to be finalised. There could be increased risk of civil unrest across the country. Mm. And 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 you can see the way it's going. I mean, the way the way Trump, you know, they've tried to, you know, they've tried to kill the postal market in America. You know, the postal service. That, you know, Trump came out this week and said, "Vote twice if you can. Do a postal <laughs> no. vote, and then because I don't trust it, turn up and vote as well." It's it's desperate, desperate stuff. Um, yeah, like I say, it, it feels very, very uncomfortable. And the tactics in use in politics at the moment are uh, there. There awful. is, yeah, it does it? Awful. Does it feels, yeah, very, very uncomfortable. And I think for a lot of people, and I think you know, particularly America this year with Black Lives Matter, the, the ongoing protests. You know the 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 way, you know the some communities are so divided. You know, you know, and I think you know I think Brexit, and and the UK, and we might we might see some of that later this year when you know if a no deal does happen, and I think the pandemic's obviously taking the news cycle away and taking some of that, 
It's, it's taking some of the oxygen away from, I guess, the fire. Well, we're four so. weeks away from a four, sorry, four months away from a cliff edge that yeah. that that again, our government is saying we're ready for. When every single expert and every single person who is actually dealing with each of the individual things that they're saying we're ready for is saying we are not ready. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, absolutely, we're in a very we're in a weird weird world where politicians just say something. It seems like the electorate go okay, even knowing that they they're probably being lied to. Yeah, but, just frustrating. But, but there was some. I mean, I mean, I'm maybe being a bit too. Because I'm always pretty harsh on Facebook. I mean, there are some. So they they really have, you know, targeted lots of the conspiracy theory groups and some of the the kind of you know groups and forums on Facebook, such as QAnon, that are sharing. You know, there's thousands of these groups sharing these conspiracy theories and sharing. You know, just, but a lot just of their measures news. are just marking those news stories as you know they're not they're not removing them necessarily. Although I I don't know the full details of whether so they I think do get removed. So I think they've killed quite they've killed the thing I saw was they'd killed thousands of groups. So there were there were there was you, and they can they obviously can see all this traffic and you can see the active groups and you can see the stories getting shared. So they've killed thousands of the groups. But I think a lot of it will be whack-a-mole. Um, and you're right, some of them are they're, they're flagging it up as you know this is questionable. But if you want to believe it, you'll believe it. There's a good chance you won't see it. It's yeah, a bit yeah. like... And in fact, talk- in fact, by seeing something that says this is, uh, you know, it's like the big Facebook yeah. are in on the, don't, it's, don't it's in on the conspiracy. Me. Don't you yeah. tell me it's questionable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If they're in on the conspiracy, it's all part of it. Don't listen to them. So in fact, it reinforces that uh, paranoia message, doesn't it? Um, we're seeing uh, Facebook as well, not happy about <coughs> Apple's... Uh, provisionally upcoming uh, tracking restrictions so we've been hearing about this for a long time now that apple in their browser are gonna um absolutely rein in on all of the elements of the browser which can lead to what they call secretive tracking effectively so we all know about the google analytics and the pixels that go in in tags and we've seen a lot of you know you'll see a notification on nearly every website now about do you want to accept these analytics cookies or not um but but apple have also and it's not it's no secret apple sort of brought it to the high uh, you know the four in, in in say the media but there are plenty of ways that people track you via your uh you know like your screen size the resolution of your um browser what um what extensions it's got installed and basically they use all of those pieces of metrics and data to basically effectively be able to track you even if you if they're not tracking you via something like google analytics they still know who you are and in all those things uh, and basically Apple came along and said, right, we're going to remove all the features that can be done that can make that happen. And unfortunately, that effectively says that's JavaScript. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many things and and calls and release of information inside of JavaScript about, you know, local environment, which is necessary in many ways when people are using the websites currently, um, will no longer function after they make this release. Facebook have come along and said, hang on a sec, we're really not happy about this because it means we can't run our businesses, which is effectively targeting uh, people via this this technology so that we send them advertising. and we can sell those adverts to people that, and to 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 audiences that, or, you know, they can put these adverts out there in a more efficient way. Now, <clears throat> what they, <laughs> the angle they came along and tried to argue was, think of all the poor little developers who just... <laughs> We've got who's got a little product over here and we've got a, a person over here which we know from their tracking data they're going to be useful for and we can put them in contact and we're doing a social service. Um, and basically 
Apple are going to stop us from being able to do that social service and therefore lots of little developers are going to die out and all those poor consumers who aren't going to get that crappy product that they're pushing um that that was a bit cynical wasn't it but anyway you, you get the angle they were trying to come at which didn't really lead to any sympathy um but nevertheless there is that decision to be made about how is that technology used and the problem is that when given that information they don't just use it to put produce it in contact with um the you know the consumer they actually end up selling it to political parties and influencing whole massive major uh political events uh, and that data is for sale and available and it, so it, that's that's why they've lost from me their, their their that that argument yeah and and for, for me when i when i start, always a couple of times we'll, we'll start debating these things at work and stuff and it's like you'll search on amazon or you're or, or you're sitting you know you're You'll see in Facebook somewhere that, you know, I'm buying a PC and next time you go on Amazon, here's all these PC products. It's that kind of thing. Or your next time you browse a website is it'll show you all these things. And you're, and you're like, how does it know that's what this is trying to target? It's all that kind of link selling in the background and knowledge about what you're looking at I'll on you, all these different sites. I'll give you a, a, a personal example of much distress to me was because <laughs> <laughs> because this is <laughs> this is how officer it wasn't me kind of things all start but so we, i think there was there was a product that i that got banned off of amazon and someone said to me but you can go and buy a swastika flag on amazon and so i typed in swastika on amazon and i t- i kid you not for the next two maybe three weeks maybe even a month i was still visiting websites around the internet seeing swastikas everywhere i went because of that one search on Amazon and it's just it because it was so immediately unpleasant to be around you know to be around it was just so immediately so where I don't really notice where I've searched for you know some mundane you know audio cable and then suddenly I'm seeing audio cables everywhere I visit around the internet this was so in my face you cannot miss it and every single site was therefore pimping this swastika product that's horrible on their sites that's horrible you know and it's just let's say that if you ever want to figure out roughly and and how widely that information gets spread and how quickly it gets spread, go and search for a source so, so, on so, Amazon. Well, just out of interest, did you get the flag? Anyway, <laughs> the um, so so the so related to this, Apple have now you know so iOS fourteen. So I, I, Apple are a bit a bit later this year in the release cycle. Usually mid September, we would see new iPhones and and iOS would be released formally. Um, it's looking like it's October. Um, it's all very vague around is it is it two iPhones and a third one later in the year and all that kind of good stuff. But but the privacy feature that Facebook is so against and and others to be fair. So there's some in yeah. the journalism industry are saying this will kill journalism because it's the last it's the last bastion. It's the last bit of income they're going to yeah, get. This is this is how I get revenue right now, and they don't think their platform will survive putting up a paywall. Um, so there's a real there's a real nervousness, but Apple have delayed this feature. Um, so that- I don't think it's just people who are relying on it for their income. I think it's actually it will physically break a lot of stuff, and that's as yeah, in the way yeah, that yeah. the internet works now will have to be re-engineered to not make it work like that because it is important. So for example, to know a screen size in the context of a website helps you position and make sure that website operates correctly. And if you suddenly take those calls away because they can be used for shadow. Um, tracking, then you know that suddenly you've lost all that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So this 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 should have come out 
um, you know, September, October, you know, huge, you know, fundamental change, as you said, um, but it's been put back to next year. Um, so, and, and the Apple blog, we're committed to ensuring users can choose whether or not they allow an app to track them. Um, to give developers time to make necessary changes, apps will be required to obtain permission to track users starting early next year. Um, so it's, it's buying, and, and they'll have seen that from all the, not only the developer beaters, but the public beaters. You know, so people will start, you know, they'll, be all, they'll be seeing already, because the public beaters do actually get a lot of people, particularly when they're stable, and issues have been stable. Um, they do get lots of people downloading it, and Apple have been really aggressive, and I've been getting emails every couple of weeks saying, you know, the public beaters are out there, go and use them. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm sitting there going, I'm using them, what do you want me to do? <laughs> Yeah, I've got apart from a Mac um, and and the watch, everything else I've got the public beat on. Um, so we'll see we'll see come probably you know about February March time, uh, and it's whether that gives developers enough time to start working around it because it's a, again these things are quite whack a mole. Um, but this is this is a really aggressive move from Apple, and I think this is clearly in relation to feedback they're getting from a lot of their partners. Another thing, so what happens when countries stand up to big corporations and say, no, we do not accept the fact that you come over here and you rely on all our money and, and services and people and consumers and then don't pay any tax? I, I'll tell you what happens. Small consumers like me and you rejoice, Chris, because we're like, yay. Yeah. Stick sock it to it the to man. Him. Sock it to him. Put that, put that tax. So we've seen quite a number of European countries, including the UK, uh, do a digital services tax, which was basically an attempt to try and charge uh, these big firms tax where they don't currently pay any because they're happily shored up in, in their little Bahamas island or whatever um, so that they can jingle their tax around to pay as, as little as possible and to not necessarily the places where the people buying and using the services live. So that's the whole quandary of all this. Um, so... Varying countries, uh, Europe, Europe's been trying to do it sort of as a European Union, but they, they couldn't come to a decision. So several countries have decided they're going to do their own digital services tax, um, varying from so like 2% in the UK, I think it is, to 7.5% in, in other countries. I think Greece or Tur Turkey has, has added 7.5%. Uh, and all the big firms have come along, all the, all the Apples and Googles and, uh, of the world have just said, right, well, we're just going to increase prices by two percent or seven percent four point five percent root based on what your digital services tax so they are literally just like for like passing that tax straight on to the consumer um obviously not in a way that <laughs> that the law was uh aiming to do but that's exactly what they'll do because they can and why not um it's disgusting really um it's just it's just disgusting you know it's the um, and I guess that a lot of the tech companies said all along, you know, do do what you want to do, but it's not going to make a difference. And, and yeah, they said we're just going to do this. Yeah. Because... What what they in their to their credit, what they have done is saying that actually what we need is an international tax uh, structure and regulation that actually solves this problem once and for all uh, in a in a controlled way that everyone agrees on. And the reason they say that is because that is true. That would solve it. But equally, they know that the whole world isn't going to get together and work out what that ruling is. So they're very happy in the meantime to just continue on doing their uh, bouncing things. And, and, you know, we've seen tax havens, tax regulation and, and people not paying tax and companies not paying taxes. Not a new thing. It's happened. You know, it's been happening for decades and decades. But it's just the size of these organizations and the broad 
breadth of their services you know that just the sheer scale of the money moving through amazon for example or or google and its networks it's it's more than it's more that it's more money than countries have you know these big firms so it's yeah nutty it's horrible 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 but with scale comes power and one of those the google android of google and apple have um rolled out their phase two of their contact tracing system um so this is the decentralized approach and and originally it was going to require it does require an official app in a region to be there so that it can actually activate those those features and functionality but i think phase two correct me if i'm wrong is going to allow that just the handset itself to just have that process and that procedure without needing to actually load an application in any way. So if you want to have that feature without having an app surrounding it, uh, then that is possible. Yeah, correct. So it's just trying to make it as, um, and it's one of the few, and maybe, maybe they do work in the background more than they think, but it's one of the few public times we've seen Apple and Google, you know, working collaboratively to, to, to roll these things out for the, as you say, the greater good. You know, they do have the power. They've got the market share, um, and and it, and it's great to see. It's just, I guess, disappointing. It's so there are so few countries have have kind of followed through on, the, I guess, the potential. And some of that's some of that's the, you know, is it is it going to work? You know, will 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 the reliability of Bluetooth really turn this into so many false positives that you end up, you know, you mean you could be getting a notification every two weeks that you now need to self isolate. You know, I think that's the risk that, you know, does it become so pervasive that you're constantly locking, you know, individuals down and it's all false positives. That's the and, worry. And so that is that is that is a worry. But equally, they're, they're saying that, you know, from the number of installs. So basically, I think they said the French government um, said its contact tracing app had just sent 14 notifications in the first three weeks of operation. Uh, in Germany, they've had lots of installations, but they've only had five people across their, their applicants. So 16 million downloads and installed, but only 500 marked themselves as, as, as uh, having a positive. So it's not all this panacea and the problem with a decentralized approach is that some of these stats and collection data seeing how it's operating and making sure people are marking themselves as positive or enforcing that when they have had a positive test uh, you lose to this decentralized approach um so i still i I think this next phase two is important because suddenly it does open it up to everybody to be involved in this program and i think people are willing to be involved in it now you're right. Does it? Is it going to cause extra issues like the false positives? Um, but we're also seeing that actually in the, the news today that the the actual test for being positive with COVID is is uh, very very sensitive and actually could be that you do, you're not infectious even if you are uh, marked as positive. So even the the two week quarantine period is not necessarily even if you had a positive uh, you know test doesn't necessarily mean that so we're still learning lots and lots about this disease but nevertheless the pieces of the puzzle they're putting together now are going to be so important when this happens again in the future and that's what really we it'd be good it hopefully it will help us in this situation we're in now but equally it's definitely going to help in future because people are going to know so much more about what to do and how what bits you have to move quickly on and which bits you can be a bit more relaxed on Uh, yeah and and it's it's the the whole world is scrabbling to understand us you know it's not a it's not just a UK thing, or it's not just like an Apple and Google thing. It's everybody is just trying to understand as best they can, you know, what needs to happen. Um, and, and you know, I'm saying low, although there's still a lot of it around. We're in a bit of a lull at the moment. You know, there's obviously fear that it's starting to spike up again, and you know, and and 
and um, winter is coming you know so that is the fear that we are going to see that that phase two spike it'll be interesting to see maybe when there is more of it around maybe there is more threat you know will we avoid you know the national lockdowns we saw back in march april you know with a a combination of you know more local lockdowns and also you know just the technology to try and assist with that Amazon has, um, well, seeing that Microsoft can't get Halo out this year, Amazon decided to release Halo instead. Halo being a a new activity tracker by Amazon, and it it tracks your activity through the day, but equally it takes some other metrics, so things like uh, temperature, it's going to be taking your temperature, but it's also listening to your voice. and it's listening to the tone and emotion in your voice to understand what mood you're in. It tracks sleep and it tracks other things like that. So it's a it's a very uh, so as I understand, I've not actually seen the the product itself, but it's a it's a band. So it's really it doesn't do anything other than sit on your wrist. It doesn't tell you the time. It doesn't give you any indications really of anything. It just sits there. Uh, and it also comes with a a feature whereby you can use your mobile phone to track your do a scan of your body. Uh, and then it can work out your fat levels. Um, so it's an interesting take. It's a, it's like this, I guess, a holistic approach to scanning and activity tracking. Um, not that expensive, but do you want Amazon listening to you? No. At all? I mean, we, I guess we put all these devices in our home and they are already listening. Um, but do we want them to listen? No, to and, and, and the, bit, the, bit, the kind of two things, because initially I was like, that's an interesting approach and the fact that there's no interaction, there's no screen. You know, it reminded me of the early Fitbits, which were just, mm. you know... Some, you had the little LEDs to show you yeah, the progress. Though, but it was some sort of device that's that's tracking and you would use your, you know, you'd use your phone or, you know, you'd log on to the website to get the information. Um, but the, the two bits I didn't like was the, you know, kind of, so, so, so taking four pictures of yourself to send to Amazon to kind of turn it a 3D scan it sounds initially clever, but then you get this horrible little slider which says, "Look, look, look! What you could win you know, if you get get slimmer." And I'm like, "Where's this? Where's this really going? That, that just doesn't feel, just doesn't sit right." Um, and they're saying that their 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 approach is far more accurate than standing on scales or the other kind of fat measures that are around. Um, and the whole listening piece just just didn't didn't feel right. No listening to your tone. Um, to 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 you know work out how you know you are you of, stressed yeah, yeah. are you happy are you sad yeah well that's, I I don't need that I don't need that I don't need that I don't need a, a smartwatch to know that I, I know Amazon takes so many different I, I, they are a hardware manufacturer now they are yeah but it's weird to think how this once shopping site <laughs> all the things it now does and and, and how you know yeah it's just it's it's mad to think that they're now the ones putting out this health and tracking information and and they've already so they've talked about partners so 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 it's like a hundred dollars and it's four dollars a month so it's a fairly kind of cheap device uh, and they've already talked about saying they've partnered with a health insurance firm and the health insurance firm will use some of that data to yeah. you know look at your you know health policies and premiums etc and it's I think we are going to end up in that world. It's it's still feels a, a good bit away. But... I think we already are in that world secretly without us knowing it. Again, yeah. th- that information exists, and you know that it's being sold and pushed around. We know that data gets pushed like that. But I think more what, what, what I was trying to get to, I think it's more smart data and and more tailored. You know, we will get the. You know, you know, if I've got health insurance, it will look at my Apple Watch and go, "Hold on, you're not sleeping properly right now." So we're People concerned are... that 
Yeah, X, people y, have been saying for years, that why do I have to pay? You know, I'm in good health. Why do I have to pay for people who are in bad health? And yeah. and it's the same with, and it's cars. We've seen insurance, that they you you can put a black box in your car and it will assess your premium based on how you are driving. Um, you know, whether, and, and, and it's, it's just that whole angle of, it's all very well and good offering premiums to people based on, they have got good health or whatever, but, but it is that support of people in our society that don't have good health. And does that mean they cannot get any insurance at all and backing? Are they just left completely out in the cold? And, and, that, and... That, that's, that's, I think the big danger it's you can you can look in the positives and the people that will be like oh look at the benefits i'll get out of this but there's the ones that are uh you know how will i get insurance going forward if i've got it and again we've seen it we saw it with exam results and people getting you know you know poor results based on their postcode and and we already have you know insurance challenges around your postcode you know right now whether this helps and becomes a lot more targeted to say well actually there you're in you know in this street is actually okay because of all these other factors, the way you drive and the kind of type of car you have, I can really target down yeah. and say, yeah, you're actually a low risk or you're actually a high risk. And I'm going to say it's a huge premium for you. Yeah. And, that, and that's where it also disregards, you know, sure, the, the, the ideal way of living, according to you know, all the analysis and whatever. It's trying to get every... This is a very philosophical discussion now, but it's trying to put everyone into that same mould of this is what you have to be to be healthy. This is what you have to be to be good at this. This is what you have to be. This is your intelligent levels. This makes you This makes you a good driver and this makes you a bad driver. And none of those things are actually true. They're just one way of interpreting. And you think of all the things in this world that we get from, you know, people who take bad choices in life. We get, you know, amazing music. We get amazing art. We get amazing, all these other things that, that we're trying to squish out by, you know, you can't be a member of society and now it's going to cost you even more to do it. Anyway, that was very philosophical. I'm not going down that route anymore. Get onto a proper rant on a Saturday morning. Uh, but, but there's a, so I noticed Blair has stepped back in and talked about, you know, it's inevitable we'll all end up with a digital ID. And it does feel, you know, it's... it's. I think he's right. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't think are, it's good necessarily, but no, it's right. but... but and but there are benefits from it but there's also a real you know there's a real kind of horrible potential future there around your digital ids linked to x y and z and hence you can get the service yeah. or you can't get the service and what but yeah take take the other angle which is everyone is everyone knows that they're acting a bit more healthy actually has massive benefits to us as a, hmm. a country and to you know and to the health service in particular and, and all those things because it's not incentivized in any way there plenty of people choose not to stay healthy uh, and maybe if it was incentivized or encouraged or actually you know they would but like the 2p tax you know on a on a plastic bag no one took their own plastic bags back to the shop until they were charged yep. 2p and it changed behavior um, you know so, uh, so, so, so would, and maybe this will change the behavior so, so it will have positives exactly as well as so would our roads be safer if you know every car had the black box and everybody's driving was being you know monitored and judged and <laughs> It's... Would there be less crime if we had a, a government camera in every single person's house and on every single street corner and uh, and and they monitored and they had, everyone had to have a halo to make sure that all their speech was recorded throughout the whole day? You know, where do you, how far do you go? That's the whole argument. This it's, and that, isn't it? It's, it's the benefits which are, which are the two extremes? The, exactly. Um, never believe anything you read on an Amazon review, <laughs> basically. Which, which so, I didn't anyway, so... <laughs> no, but there, but there is a, there is an industry of people out there making reviews on Amazon. Uh, they get sent uh, 
software to review and they get given it for free if they give it a good review for example um, and basically people do make uh, a lot of money out of that so they get the money they get the device for free and then they'll they'll sell it on say on ebay and we've seen that come to the head uh, with a, a certain mr fryer who actually ended up being the the, the top earner um recently and and basically he's had the financial times doing some digging on him and he's not not liked it he's kind of gone into hibernation removed his accounts and so, stuff like that but, but, but. The, but the figures in this so this, this boggled me because amazon have come out and said we take we take fraud very seriously and we take fake reviews very seriously they clearly don't so there's one guy and whether it's his real name or not who knows but but he was using the same name on ebay so justin fryer in August alone, so so this is just August, 15 grand's worth of products he reviewed from smartphones to electric scooters to gym equipment. Five and he approval. sold that for 20, 20 grand on YouTube, so, yep. uh, sorry, on, uh, on eBay. Yeah. Yep. So, and he's made 20, 20 grand since June on eBay, and he was given a five-star approval on average once every four hours. Now, <laughs> I'm not saying Amazon don't have the smarts, but surely their algorithms would have seen that as a red flag that there's somebody going through an absolutely crap ton of products on a, a, a massive variety and a massive scale. But then there are professional professional reviewers. There are, there are as professional in, reviewers. As but, in you, you get an internet channel and the internet channel is is you just reviewing products. And, yeah. and that's, the, that's the different angle, isn't but it? But the fact that he sold many of them on eBay... He, he denied, once contacted by the FT, he denied it, but then he's deleted the entire review history. So, so, <laughs> so, so uh, mm. nothing, to, nothing to hide there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he, no, say, he says eBay listings were for unused and unopened, were duplicate devices. So he's still yes. trying to claim. But what, what was interesting was that, that, you know, when you look into it, there's a whole thing around, you know, there's a whole thing around messaging services and you can, you know, get in touch with Chinese suppliers and they'll supply it for free. And a guarantee that you'll you you'll get this product for free. Give us a good review, which we've known about for years. It's always yep. been talked about for years. But they also said, I think it was like nine. Out of, was it was it nine out of ten? Yeah. So nine out of Amazon's current UK top ten providers of ratings were engaged in suspicious behaviour. Huge number of five star reviews of exclusive Chinese products from unknown brands and manufacturers. I think to get into that top ten of reviewers on the system, you have to have been doing something pretty dodgy, haven't you? It's not. It's not your average Joe Brogs actually. Reviewing a, excuse me, a product which you've bought and, and wanted to use. Yeah. Netflix is making some of its shows free uh, to non-subscribers. So you can, you know, go to a Netflix account where you don't have an active login and you can still see uh, various shows. Uh, sometimes it'll be a, a whole movie, but quite often it'll be just say, the first couple of episodes of a of a, a series or, or whatever, uh, just to sort of give you a little bit of a snifter and a taste of, of what's to come. Um Kind of, it's not been advertised as a thing, but it's it's being released around certain regions. Yeah. Um, and they're doing adverts. But, they're doing adverts, Chris. They said they would never do adverts. Uh, Netflix are doing adverts. Okay. Well, that's because it's not part of the uh, uh, subscription yeah. service. Yeah. yeah. Okay, interesting. I, I hadn't even picked up the fact they'd said they'd never do adverts. No, so, they've yeah. always said they never do adverts. And I, and I know people got annoyed when they started doing trailers for their own, you know, like you'd fire up. I, Amazon are bad for this. You'd fire up an Amazon amazon always do it yeah, and, yeah. and it's like you know jack reacher's coming you know and yeah. you're like, i don't care you know it's like it's um but yeah so netflix are actually doing ads that play before the title but they can be skipped so yes, it, i think it's just yeah. challenging times you know they're you know they're they're seeing their new numbers drop them off they're probably everybody knows what netflix is 
Um, and I don't think it's necessarily yeah new numbers dropping. It's probably yeah like you say it's that, you the know com- when, the competition's a lot hotter than it used to be three years ago. Yeah, but you equally you you people aren't infinite. <laughs> As in, I, there's only so many people, and there's so I mean, many millions of people on. So, so they've saturated their probably their natural target audience. So they're now having to fight a bit more. And yeah. Apple's now competing, and Amazon's competing, yeah. and and there's all these other streaming services. So they need to do something to make sure that that without without signing up, um, how can we make sure that people are seeing this? Yeah, and this is this is a clever way of doing that. Samsung's new Galaxy Fold is coming September eighteenth, sticking around the two grand mark. Um, what does this product look like? Well, we've talked about it before anyway, but it's it's effectively if you hold two smartphones together in your hand, that's exactly what the product looks like. And then um, the screen kind of just hinges between them, so you can you open it out flat, and it, it gives you a kind of tablet-sized product. But it really does look like just two phones that are weirdly connected together. There's three phones now. So because it's so, fat as well. Well, they're fat, but but there was the two screens inside, and the last one had a small screen outside. But this one's almost got a full size screen outside as well. So it's actually got. Interesting. All of the promotional shots that I've seen have, have been called uh, "screen has been rendered," or it says in small writing underneath. You know, a bit like Apple. We see it with Apple products as yeah, well, yeah, where they they, yeah. they actually render the screen rather than show you the real display uh, on their on their marketing. But um, but yeah, that what. Well, all of it opened up pristinely flat. And I know that we've seen in the past that actually they've had problems with dust getting under the screen. They've had problems with scratches on the screen and we've had problems with uh, the fold mark on the screen and, and cracking, basically. The one the one I'm really interested in is the Microsoft one. So we've seen that kind of drip feed out to YouTubers and reviewers and they've been allowed to talk about the hardware but not the software. And mm. I think the software, so, so I think the reviews are all coming out either next week or week after because that is a lot thinner. And there's there's some smart stuff going on that they're doing around that setting display, and they've not tried to do a connected display. They've, they've, yeah, they've, that's the whole point. They're not trying to minimize the bezel or anything. They're yeah. saying this is a two-screen yeah. product. And yeah. I just think there's some there's something in there that is like I I think they might have I think they might have a, a really compelling product. Someone else within a compelling product is Nvidia, who have got the internet ablaze, especially the internet gaming community on PC. Uh, so they've announced or unveiled their uh, 3000 series graphics cards. So this is the next generation. Um, and Amp, Ampure, Amper, Ampure architecture. Um, <laughs> uh, basically, they've, they announced three cards. They have their uh, 3070, their 3080, and their 3090. And they, as the nose numbers increase, the card gets ever ever more ridiculous now we can start at the 3070 and that is effectively what is the top end of the 2080s now so the existing generation is as powerful as that and you can pick them up for uh i think around 400 450 pounds something like that um then we get to the uh, 3080s and that's the kind of middle middle range card and we've already up to a double height card now so this is a big bifter of a a card uh, and that's going to come in around £650, something like that, little £600, £650. And then you get the 3090, which is their top spec. This is now a triple height card. I can't even imagine. It's just it's a brick, basically. Uh, and that is coming in at around £1,400, I think, something like that. So there's your ranges. They're saying that, I mean, this this is the kind of realisation of their RTX, which is their ray tracing algorithm. They're seeing 
basically whereas the old generation could only really do 30 frames a second at a kind of 1080p uh, this latest generation is able to just about get 4k at a reasonable rate and actually in any kind of slightly lesser resolutions actually is pretty speedy so it really is the realization of that rtx rate ray tracing sort of side of things as well as that they've added extra compute and and some of the ai that they're doing now and how they're effectively squeezing all this power out is by actually rendering the scene at a much lower resolution and then using really clever ai compute cores to fill in all the gaps um to effectively upscale in, in an intelligent way and that's how they're they've managed to squeeze all this power we still haven't seen proper yet comparisons or they're starting to drip out of comparisons of actual screen and and what happens when you're not using ray tracing and what's the performance increase in those situations and so in a couple of days time i'm sure we'll see more of that because it's not long till launch so we'll uh, i'm hanging on that but overall very compelling i enjoyed watching the presentation and other than the distinct lack of frames per second or percentage increases around standard rendering as opposed to rtx i am relatively happy that this would be on a purchasing decision uh, yeah as you say there's um, like the big shock was the everybody expected the power but the price so the price compared to like last generations everybody expected them to probably hit the same mark so you know that you know if a 2070 card was costing you know, like, 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 you know, six, you know, five, six hundred quid. The thirty-seventy will be the same, um, and it's not. It's, it's cheaper, and the power you're getting is huge. Um, so, so the, this is a this is a big generational jump. Where they they did this at the ten eighties, and then they actually yeah. suffered last time because the generational jump was too small. People yeah. didn't get enticed in. Yeah. So, so I I just say really really interesting to see over the next few months just how it lands. Um, looks as you say looks really compelling i'm just new into pc gaming again um so i'm i'm like yeah it's on my list about a year away <laughs> <laughs> well welcome to the welcome to the pc gaming and yeah. upgrade heaven yeah, uh, yeah uh, uh, but but again it's it's one of those and, and but it but it also shows the challenge that if you do go 4k if you do go you know so i've got an ultra wide that i'm trying to drive it's amazing just it's a lot of pixels you know it's, yeah, yeah, you know it's if you if you're looking for smooth frame rates it's a lot of pixels um They've also it's, it's a new twelve pin connector, so it's a new connector that, and they're saying they've got a you know a new innovative you know airflow system around it to try and keep because the, the challenge with all these things is just keep everything cool. Um, but yeah, they're they're saying the the big Bifter card is using something like three hundred and fifty watts of power, uh, and therefore a lot of people's cases. Not only do you have to figure out whether this thing will fit in because it's, it's not going to fit into most but, cases, but it's new power it, as well. It also yeah. will need at least a 750 uh, power watt, uh, watt power unit to be able to drive that, and also have a, a reasonable spec uh, processor in there as well. Yeah, and mm. I think I, I, I still we we probably spoiled this by talking about it last night, but I still think the 3090 is is more for you know folk that are doing lots of computational you know type things rather than gamers. You know, just the shin. It's just basically it's got ten thousand. They're CUDA cores, so they're computational yeah. units. Uh, ten, ten and a half thousand, um, which is just huge. And it's also still got SLI, um, the the old method of being able to chain these graphics cards mm. into uh, parallel systems, and uh, none of the other cards do. So the thirty seventy and the thirty eighty don't have that. That and that's quite telling as well. In that, hey, the market for this big bifter is. Although they're saying, hey, it can run 8K with, with ray tracing, 
at a solid frame rate. They didn't really be, they weren't able to show that properly. Uh, but yeah, knowing that that SLI is still there uh, and knowing that the, the number of processing cores, it's probably is more computational AI, all those kind of things that we've seen them used. They've even been using Bitcoin and stuff like that, haven't they? And I think the other little bit of controversy was that everybody expected, you know, the the thirty seventy thirty eight. They're, they're surprised it's coming with like eight and ten gig of RAM. It was like, why not sixteen? And mm. it's just it's back to cost. And and Nvidia are, are are fighting a good fight round about a PR, saying most of the most of the games today and they expect over the next year um, don't need that much RAM. So why why cost you more? Why charge more? Um, than than we have to. That will be interesting to see if that bears out. Does and does that survive the yeah the next six months? I mean we're going to see incremental. We've got the TI versions to come, uh, you know, at some point in the future, and therefore that, I'm sure that will come with increased memory. But I guess if you're worried that much about memory, go and buy the big Bifter. It's got 24 gigs on just a graphics card alone, which is just nutty, isn't it? I think as you say, the challenge is going to be for folk that want to be on the cutting edge. That is a you know it's new case, new power. Um, it's 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 not just fifteen or fourteen hundred. You're you're probably talking, you know, th- this is a whole a whole redesign of your setup. Yeah, they had to go for this big step and this big push because the, you know we've got consoles coming along which are going to be powerful, and they're using sort of th- these kind of advanced technologies. Um, and and AMD are soon to come out with their offerings, and and you know, Nvidia have got ahead of the game there just to make sure that they are really yeah. is AMD are going to have to go some either on price or on performance to so, match so, this. So, I don't know if you saw the, the so the rumors are that AMD so so Fortnite have already come out and says a new ray trace version of Fortnite coming coming soon. Um, and AMD are going to announce their cards within Fortnite. So within the game, they're going to do some sort of announcement. Interesting. Um, which we'll, we'll see. And and see the bonkers bit? We're two months away, Chris, from probably having consoles either in our house or about in the next week or two. Um, we're two months away. Still don't know a release date and price for them. I know. I know it's mad, isn't it? you know, and, and that's because I still don't think they know when they want to release so, so, so it or what rumors, price they want to sell it at. Yep, rumors, rumors were kind of first week of November Xbox, second week of November PlayStation, um, and 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 the reason why that started starts to get more concrete. So there's already Sony have made some massive ad buys across Europe for that kind of second week. Um, so there, that feels like that's when you know they're, they're going to land, and it needs to. They're both saying this year, and it needs to be out in time for Christmas. So you you can kind of their biggest know. problem is not the hardware. I don't think. I think their biggest problem is trying to work out what software they're going to have there it's, and, it's and enticing people to buy. And, and that price argument, you know, you're, yeah. you're you're asking people to potentially you know spend between, we'll say, four fifty and six hundred pound. Uh, we've and we've so. just said that a one single grad a thirty eighty, which is a graphics card, probably similarly comparable to the power. Uh, maybe I don't know whether you know. I, I'm not sure exactly where they're going to kind of come in, but that graphics card alone costs six hundred quid. So you whack in all the other stuff that's in a console nowadays, and that solid state um, drive, all the you know the the you know the motherboard case, everything that you have to go into it. The, are they doing that for free? And effectively, that that's what the decision they're making. And they will only make that decision if they know that the other person's going to make the same decision. Yeah. They don't want to be losing two hundred dollars on a product when you know that, that's coming out of their own pocket and they have to make back over time. If the other person says, "Right, I'm going to sell mine for eight hundred dollars," I think you'll find that Sony would sell it for seven hundred and fifty. It's kind of that that region. But we're all expecting a six hundred quid console, I think, at this point. 
Intel have also announced uh, their 11th gen Tiger Lake CPUs. This is their laptop offering. And the selling point here is that this is going to have integrated graphics that give you a really good uh, level of graphics performance. So the ability for a mobile a device to be able to or a laptop to be able to drive big 4k monitors at reasonable with hdr and all those kind of nice things that we, we like and see so effectively it's like having a chip that is also got a, a separate graphics card uh well the power of a separate graphics card as they now stand um and that's that's coming i don't even know when it's coming but it's coming soon um, and they've got all the kind of standard different versions of it and different speeds clocks and all that kind of stuff but uh, only the lowest version i think it's the i3 model that aren't going to have their the this integrated graphics approach they're going to stick with their kind of basic just drive your laptop screen yeah and, and, and all this is over the next you know so you'll see devices come out over the next sort of two three months you know so this is a kind of big push for year end and into next year um and it'll, it'll be interesting interesting especially if apple do come out with some apple silicon you know yeah. which they did say before year end. So there's, you know, the, it's building up to a fairly big last quarter of the year. With yeah, you know, Samsung's come out with some new products. Uh, Nvidia absolutely stole. You know the the you know, I think they took all the news away this week. Just just the, the price versus performance that they're they're, they're delivering, um, and and Apple still to come with you know some new iPhones, new iPad, and what's your first Mac with Apple Silicon product? If if everyone, if there was still enough money in the economy, I think it would be looking like quite an interesting Christmas. But I am worried more than anything that really there's going to be probably more supply than demand um, at this point with lots of people that's facing a, redundancy, are redundant, yeah, or that's, looking that's, down redundancy gun. That, you know? That's interesting because I've seen lots of people panicking on forums about um, worried that they will not be able to get their hands on one of these new NVIDIA cards. Absolutely panicking. Uh, and, I, they, and that probably is the case yeah. that they won't be able to. But nevertheless, you know, I, I still think actually the economy in the next six months is 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 not headed in a positive direction. Let's put it that way. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's, I'm, I'm sure none of these none of these guys at the start of the year were, were thinking pandemic. So of course not. No one was, were they? Uh, Nintendo is going to celebrate uh, Mario's 35th anniversary. So 35 years since the original Super Mario Brothers. My goodness me, I am getting old. Um, And they are going to be basically releasing a series of games. And some of them are remasters of old versions. um, But they're going to also do some uh, uh, new new games and, and Super Mario Brothers 35. So there's going to be a game in which 35 players compete. And the last Mario standing or jumping will be the winner sounding very much like four guys <laughs> to me uh, I, uh, and, and 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 why not you know that nintendo would do that extremely well and it will be very compelling game gameplay to watch and play with uh, yeah yeah i mean it's it's i, I couldn't believe the 35 but everybody's predicting they're going to do something the other the other kind of game is coming out is a super mario 3d all-stars so super mario 64 which was 1996, Super Mario Sunshine 2002, and wow. Super Mario Galaxy 2007, um, optimized for the Switch. It was released 18 September, so a couple of weeks away. Um, and um, it, it, so the weird bit about this, physical and digital, but, they, but they're saying the digital one will be available until March next year. And it's like, it's almost like a six-month release, and they've not really done much with the games either, and this is full whack. So there, there are three amazing yeah. games. There's no getting away from it. All three of but those games are amazing. Massive cost. Yeah. About 60 quid. 
You know, it's not like you're you're paying five, ten quid for some old game. You're... But they know that people will buy it. That's the thing. It, you exactly. Know? Um, and then a couple of kind of kind of hardwood related ones. So they're doing a Mario Kart Live home circuit. So you can buy a, an RC car, set up a course with gates in your house, and control it using a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> um, and the other bit of hardware is a, an updated version of the classic 80s Game & Watch. So I <laughs> don't know if you ever wow. had one of the physical Game & Watch type I saw devices. people with them, but yeah. Um, so from 13th November, so the, the rumoured maybe same day as PlayStation 5, um, Nintendo released a new bit of hardware, which is an 80s Game & Watch, which will play both the original Mario game and an updated version of the Game & Watch classic ball. <laughs> and I'm and and again for folk that are into you know collectibles and stuff like that, that yeah, will be really yeah. desirable. You know, they've realised the massive scale of the collectibles with those mini versions of consoles and old retro yeah, consoles. Yeah, absolutely. They've seen how many, how much demand there is. Yeah, for them. so so and I, I saw loads of people when they announced this going, "That's a day one purchase." No, just just no brainer. I still have very vivid recollection. I never had a, a sort of a Nintendo console, but obviously mates did, and my aunt and my cousin, well, my cousin had one. And I, it's the first day, Super Mario 64 was the first day we realised that my, my aunt got motion sickness from oh, playing computer no. games in that 3D world. She's like, I can't look anymore. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I always think, but so I never, I, I've never experienced motion sickness. The But Shaq did, and it was it, the, the, most, the most vivid one was on the SNES. And we were having a, we were having a bit of games and curry day at my house. Um, so a couple of guys for uni, Shaq came over, We'd done a bit of ball man, then we put on Mario Kart. And within about ten minutes of it, I need to stop, I'm gonna be sick. <laughs> I never really touched the food that we ordered and I was like, what happened to you? And it was it was It's a massive detriment to your gaming prowess yeah. if you can't play a game. Yeah. And that was... I only ever had it in um in VR. I tried to uh, yeah. uh, play a flight simulator in VR and my goodness me, that made me feel very poorly very quickly. Yeah, and I and again it was me, the PlayStation VR triggered it with me but i've had vive and oculus on my head and not an issue yeah. so it's um i think it's just certain situations you can you're going to get it you just need to be yeah. careful right we have talked far too long already today so let, ha, let's stop talking let's um let's instead tell you that if you want to find out more about us then digitaloutbox.com is our website and info at digitaloutbox.com is our email address and twitter is digitaloutbox i am on twitter as cheesy uk uh ian where do we find you i'm a twitter's a sweeper and my website is iandick.com where i must over the next couple of weeks at least do something around what is my gaming pc yeah definitely i'd be interested to see it all right um we will speak to you soon thank you very much goodbye goodbye 